All right. Uh, so let's start out with a prayer and then we'll end with a prayer on air. Amen. Okay. Amen. Right. So let us pray. <laughs> oh, no. Nope. <laughs> and this is what I'm talking about. Very unprofessional setup yeah. I have. Shring. And welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron. And on tonight's show, we have a fan favorite, EJ. Welcome, EJ. Thank you. <laughs> and for his first time uh, appearing on uh, No Name Yet podcast, Iron Sharpens Iron, is brother Robert DeBose, all the way from Rochester, New York, Baber AME Church, president of the First Episcopal Young People's Department, Brother Robert DeBose. Good evening, everyone. That was a mouthful, huh, Reverend Moran? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Brother Robert is uh, an uh, up-and-coming young man in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. I can't even say upcoming because you are the YPD president. And uh, for uh, quite a large district. Yes. And um, I know that the Western New York Annual Conference of the AME Church is very proud of you. Yes. Amen. I'm, I'm amen. proud of my conference, too. Amen. Amen. So uh, these young those people that are need like you. <laughs> What's that? I said these young people need somebody like you. Amen. Appreciate you. Thank you. So uh, for those that are following Iron Sharpens Iron, uh, you'll know the last time that we met, uh, EJ and I uh, talked about uh, David and Goliath. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to dwell around David for a while. And uh, so uh, we invited uh, Robert to come on uh, to uh, have a, a third voice. Uh, contributing that uh, you know uh, two is all right but three gives dimension amen amen and uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go backwards in the bible one chapter to chapter 16 and uh, I'd like to say that I've gotten a, a variety of feedback about uh, the last iron sharpens iron episode uh, when I sped up the reading of the scripture, um, the majority of the people uh, stated that uh, they understood, they could understand it. I also got feedback asking me if I had hired chipmunks uh, <laughs> to <laughs> read the scripture. So oh. this week we're going to try something new or different. Uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to give an overview of the scripture. Um, so, uh, let me do that first and then we'll get into it. What I, what I first would like to point out is that we've gone back to chapter 16 and I'm actually going to just comment on chapter 15 also that chapter 15 is a chapter that is entitled, uh, by the, uh, people who put together the NIV version, the Lord rejects Saul as king. And what it describes is a battle in which God told Saul to destroy everything. And Saul chose to keep uh, some people alive, chose to keep some of the, uh, the animals alive and took some treasure. And that this is the point where God takes his hand off of Saul. And uh, he no longer wants Saul to be king. And uh, let us point out, and I believe we we talked about it the last Iron Sharpens Iron, that uh, that God wanted to be the people's king. He was the people's king when they were all uh, divided up into tribes. But the people demanded a king because all their neighbors had kings. So God gave him a king. And uh, Saul ended up uh, being a tr uh, somewhat of a train wreck. Uh, is that fair? <laughs> it's very fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Robert shaking his head yes. 
And so we get to chapter 16, right before uh, chapter 17, which we talked about the last uh, episode. And um, this is where uh, this is where David is anointed to be the king uh, by the Lord through the prophet Samuel. And, and and I'm just going to read this 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 first uh, this first uh, paragraph. It just says, uh, "The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I've rejected him as king over Israel?'" Uh, so you know, uh, Samuel is feeling uh, some grief over uh, the Lord rejecting Saul as king. Yes, and so he instructs him to go. Uh, to uh, Jesse of Bethlehem and uh, that God will show him who he wants to be anointed king. And so God gives him uh, various instructions when he arrives in Bethlehem. Uh, he, he tells them that, yes, in fact, he has come in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So one by one, Samuel is kind of pointing out the different sons, the older sons, uh, uh, the stronger sons. And eventually uh, he gets to David. You know, I mean, David, David wasn't even like in. It wasn't like, even there. He yeah, was he like, wasn't even there. He was not invited. Right, right. Didn't invite him. So they, uh, yeah, they didn't even invite him. Thank you for pointing that out. And so they got to bring him. And then God says, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And we know, like, you know, EJ, when we were mm -hmm. talking about it, we know how the, the, the brothers treated uh, David when he like showed up to the battle. Uh, Why with, <laughs> and uh, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David. Hold on, uh, hold on. I just, I just wanted to ask one thing. If yes. all his brothers were there for this ceremony, why are they treating him this way in the next in the next chapter? You know what I mean? Like they've seen all this happen. They were there, and they're still like, hey, "Go home. We don't need you. Get out of here." So, Robert, do you have an answer for him? Because the Lord was with him. Pretty much the <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the right answer. Is that the right answer? Because well, uh, David. I mean, my my answer is speculation. I think they were jealous. Right. Oh, I I believe it because they they all thought it was going to be them, and they were like, uh, "No, we want the little brother." Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we're we're dealing with a structured society here. Now, I don't know what what if if there was you know uh, official, uh, you know tradition in a situation like this, but I'm sure that son number one was probably very upset that he wasn't picked mm -hmm. because son number one would pretty much got picked for everything. Oh, uh, okay. You know, inheritance, yada, 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 you know? Right. Right. Um, so not only did he not pick son number one, then picks on number two to three, and I forgot how many. Uh, did they actually say how many? But I think it's I think like, he's like seven. Yeah, okay, seven. all right. So and then they had to get the youngest who was out, uh, you know, uh, his grazing sheep. his sheep. <laughs> so and 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 we see we see this all through the Bible, Absolutely. you know that that God picks the the person that people wouldn't pick, the rejected. The rejected, you know, uh, Moses. He he can't even he 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 stutters. He can't even talk, and he. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, he anoints him to be to be prophet. He blesses Rahab, who who is a, a prostitute. Um, and you go through and you you find instances of this over and over and over again, mm -hmm. and um, 
You know, God will do what God will do. Yeah, he calls who he wants to call. Right. I mean, and, I mean, he does he does make the rule book, so he could do what he wants. <laughs> yeah. And and then Jesus comes along yep. and says, uh, we're not I'm not here for the righteous. I'm here. I'm here for the the, the sinners, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the that the uh, last will be first, and the first will be last. Right. I mean that's so that, means if you're, that means if you're in, you're in the middle, you're you're, you're fine. You're good. <laughs> either, either way, you're gonna get there at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about it that way, but yes, I, I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, so um so I'm going to just read the last uh uh the last few scriptures. Uh and now after David is anointed it says uh, the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's uh attendant said to him see an evil spirit from God is tormenting you let the Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. He will play when the evil spirit from the Lord comes on you, and you will feel better. And who did they go? Who did they get to play the liar? David, David. our boy. So now, now David uh, is appointed uh, uh, Saul's armor bearer. Uh, so he's very close to the king, and uh, he he's uh, appeasing this evil spirit that is upon him. Um, and uh, I think that's I think that's it. Yes, he would he play the liar, then uh, Saul would feel better. And uh, now here we 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 are exposed to uh, David's musical talent. And uh, for those that don't know, if you open up your Bible right in the middle, there are there's the book of Psalms and uh, the book of Psalms are uh, they appear to be poems, but they're actually lyrics. These are actually songs. And many of them are attributed to have been written by David. So not only was David qualified to be king, but he was also he appeared to be an accomplished musician. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And songwriter. Amen. So um so EJ, you made uh you made a, a comment about the scripture. Uh what, what was your comment? Oh yeah. My comment was it seemed like there wasn't too much going on in this uh in this chapter. At least to me. It it seemed very light, you know, it was mostly just about oh, we need a new king and it can't be you, so who's it gonna be? And they finally pick him and then to me, that was pretty much like the end. Like, I know he has to, like, help Saul because he's got the evil spirit now. But I think for the most part, it was just who who's going to be the next king, right? I mean. I, I Pretty much. It, it's, uh, you know, it it's a chapter that certainly sets up uh, is a uh, a stepping stone necessary for the rest of uh david's story going him becoming king and and i'm a little confused how is david helping uh the old the old king what is he exactly doing to help him with this evil spirit oh i'm glad you i'm glad you asked is that like he's playing like a harp okay okay go ahead robert i would say he's playing to soothe him to soothe to yeah yeah so, so Robert, what was your initial uh, response to the the scripture? Um, my initial response was number one, like I said at the beginning, that God chooses who God wants to choose. Um, two, I like the the point um, at the end of the story that you brought, Reverend Moran, about David. Um, as he is being perfected, I guess you can say to be king, um, he's then ha- he then has to become Saul's servant. Um, I think that it's important uh, to note that um, 
a lot of times we have persons who want to be leaders and rulers and all this, you know, they want to be in positions of leadership, but they don't know how to serve first. They don't know how to um, do for others. Right. I, yeah. um, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, and what comes to mind as an example that, that I could give is uh, I used to work for a family owned community bank right here mm-hmm. in the village of Scotia. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, the family that opened the bank still owns it now. And if you come in from the outside to, and you're hired as an officer, um, they make you work as a teller. Mm-hmm. And they make you work in all the departments and because the president, who graduated three years ahead of me uh, from the local high school, started as a teller. That even his father said that you're going to work your way up to my seat when I uh, I retire as president. I like that. So he just doesn't get handed the the position, yeah. and then he doesn't really know what to do with it. You know, like now yeah. he he put the work in, so now he understands everything that goes into it. Right. Gotcha. So yeah. similarly, uh, you know that that. David is uh, playing, you know, is performing in a role as a servant. And to even think it out even farther, David uh, was a her- uh, uh, a shepherd. Shepherd, right. Yeah. And so he was working by himself, mm-hmm. uh, probably did what he wanted to do. Uh, <laughs> we know from chapter 17 that he took his job very seriously as he's fighting with lions and, <laughs> and bears <laughs> and bears. Yep. Uh, and so now uh, David has to work with uh, Saul and Saul's court. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one might scratch their head and say, well, God is really putting him through a lot yeah. because he's has to deal with somebody as the scripture says, has an evil spirit upon them, perhaps, maybe from a contemporary point of view, somebody who's mentally ill. Yeah. Or they're just a hater. <laughs> they're just it, mad because they, they, uh, that, uh, the Lord retracted his, his, his kingship, you know, like you're not the king no more. <laughs> that, that, that's also true. I don't know if, is saw conscious that God? That's what I was, that's what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, does, does he know that God sent David to? So, if we do look back into chapter 15, that starting at verse 27, uh, it says, As Samuel turned to leave, saw caught hold of the hem of his robe and tore it. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, the one better than you. Mm. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. And then Saul replied, but I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back with Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. So So did Samuel just kind of, just kind of placate him like yeah you could do that sure it, you know but in his head he's like it won't really change much but you, you could do whatever you want <laughs> um i think that's half true um uh, because <laughs> in, in chapter 16 the lord says to samuel how long will you mourn for saul i think yeah. samuel yeah. genuinely cares for saul mm. but knows well, full well what's that or he's scared of him. Yeah. Yeah, he is scared of him. Yeah. Because uh, he t- he takes off. The he gets out of dodge, as they say. So <laughs> 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 out of fear that Saul's gonna kill him. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, he he. I think he generally does uh, care for Saul. Uh, it you know, Samuel seems to be a compassionate prophet. Um, but anyway, Samuel. It, it, I mean, these prophets do what these prophets do. Yes. If you look into the Bible, that to be a prophet, uh, you you will be hated. So it's rough then, like you know, when God's like, uh, you got, you got to, you're, you're my speaker, you're the speaker of the house, <laughs> and everybody, everybody else is like, you're just a nut job. Like, what are you talking about? Well, in, in some cases, yeah, I would say that people did think that the prophets were crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, the prophets came to tell people that uh, God was displeased with them, and that you can't keep doing what you're going to do. And who wants to be told that? That's true. We've been doing this for generations. You tell yeah. us we can't do it anymore. I mean, as I'm taking a, a sacramental theology class right now, and we're talking about the the issue of marriage, and we're we're you know in our Zoom meeting talking about counseling people, um, you know, the church is teaching uh, advocates not living together before getting married. I mean, you do that with some people and. You know, the hand goes up and like, I don't want to hear it. I mean, that's that's pretty minor. I mean, stuff compared to, uh, you know, God's going to let another country come in and slaughter y'all and, and then bring some of you back into exile. <laughs> very, very minor. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. It's the trial by fire. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of it is trial by fire. So, um, any more any more thoughts on on the role of a prophet? Uh, you know, what about say in modern day? I think they have their hands full. <laughs> I think, especially modern day, there's many people that are not going to believe a word they say. Because I also feel like there's people that just claim to be prophets just just for for clout or to get noticed or something, you know? So how can, nowadays, how can we even tell who's actually a, a prophet, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fakes going around nowadays. Absolutely. And they're all on TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all the fakes are, are definitely all on social media. Yes. But um, like EJ said, I mean, their hands are full. I mean, imagine being someone who's whom God has called and you have to deliver these crazy messages to people and them not believing you, um, you know, you. That's a good point too. Cause a lot of the messages don't sound like they're based in reality. You know what I mean? Like, like a regular dude is going to be like, none of this makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. And, and, and who, and who wants to hear about destruction that it doesn't appear really to be there. Right. That's right. You know, I mean, what, 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 you know, say we lift up uh, environmentalists as prophets. I mean, I think that, uh, I think there would be a lot of parallels between God's prophets and environmentalists. You really? Know, well, I mean, for, you know, most of my life, you know, people have been denying climate change. That's true. That's true. And it is real. <laughs> You know, and and I mean, could you imagine spending your life trying to advocate that you know the major governments of the world do something about it? I mean, I bet there was a lot of quitters. Sure. Yeah. And All I know uh, is is if the rapture happens, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, I I I I didn't pick the right team. <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> Amen. Can I buy a jersey at the uh, at, at the at the gift shop? Let me in. <laughs> Come on, I rep your team. I got the jersey. <laughs> that now that now that would that could preach in so many different ways. <laughs> Just because you have the jersey on doesn't mean you're going to get in the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, what what are your thoughts on the 
I mean, we did we did talk about them going son to son to son to son, and then you 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 come to David. I mean, any thoughts on the way that that made you feel, or, or any thoughts on that in general? Well, why is David always getting like the uh, uh, you know, like like the the raw deal? You know what I mean? Like nobody ever thinks of David; they always leave him behind. His own father, I mean, in the text, his own father didn't even call him by his name. He just said um, the youngest is is uh, tending to the sheep. That's true. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that. That's, that's My that's own father, don't call me by my name then. <laughs> I'm, yeah. uh, I must not be that important. Hey, little did he know. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you caught that. You know, mm-hmm. I think it really illustrates again who God will choose. Absolutely. Yeah. It's probably the humble. He, I think he just picks the humble people. Because I don't think David's the type to go run around and brag. You know, he's like, no, I'll just do what I got to do. I'll just tend to my sheep and, and do do what else I got to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he picks people that might not necessarily be perfect for the job either. And I think that is a way of, of humbling people. Like going so, back to Moses, you know, a prophet that has a hard time speaking to people. Right. Yeah. So so he picked Saul though, right? Like like the Lord did pick Saul, but did he only do that just to appease everybody else because they wanted a king? <laughs> or did, did yeah. he really think that Saul was the guy for the job? I I've I've always wondered. Go ahead, Robert. Because the people the people wanted a king. Uh, a human king, like Reverend Moran was talking about earlier, how God was the king and they wanted a human king. And so God is like, okay, you want you want a king? I'm gonna give you a king. So so he picked Saul or did the people pick Saul though? God so, picked Saul. So did, did 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 the Lord just give the people the choice? Like, you know what, you want a king, go pick him, go figure it out for yourselves. Or was he like, you know what? Pick this guy. This guy seems like he's he's all right. <laughs> That's what chapter eight. Is it chapter eight? Yes. Um because I think it's weird that he would pick him and then he would be like, Oh wait, you're not the right guy. Let me get David in here now. <laughs> Why even pick him in the first place then? He should have picked David from the very beginning. Yeah, that, that that's always been my question with this situation. Or maybe did he know like these people need to see that he's like part of my French, but he's he's a he's he's not good for the job. So once they see he's not the right man, then we can actually get somebody that's qualified in here. I don't know. I think I'm reading too much into it. No, you're not, because that's a question that that's a big question. What why is it that God why is it that God picked Saul? And uh and didn't it, even pick him, you know, maybe he just let the people decide. Yeah. No, no, he picked him. Oh God! What's wrong with you? Why you picked him? He picked him to (laughs) to teach them a lesson. Yeah, right. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) He said, like in 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 chapter eight, uh, he's like, like, um, "This is what the king who will reign over you will claim as his rights. He will take your sons and make them serve with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of the chariots." Some will assign to be commanders of thousands of commanders of fifties and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. So it's like God is saying, okay, you guys want the king. Uh, This king is going to take all this stuff away from you. He's going to take stuff away. He's going to make you do stuff you probably don't want to do. Right. Right, right, and I, and, I, I think that would be for not necessarily saw in particular, but no, any king. any king, a king, any king. king, yeah, a king that is not after God's own heart, right? Yeah, he's and, just looking uh, after himself. Mm-hmm. And so you know, and 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 Saul, if uh, my memory serves me correctly, was. Uh, tall and very good looking. Yes. So perhaps it was to teach them a lesson that that uh, God delivered them uh, 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 a pretty package. 
everything they thought they wanted. Yeah, I was gonna say like appearance seems to have a lot to do with. <laughs> yeah. Um, because like even the oldest son, um, it talks about in verse in chapter sixteen was was tall and handsome looking. Um, and David, here we have David who was handsome looking, but who's in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, I think it was, I can't remember which verse it was, but God was telling um, Samuel um, that man looks at the outer appearance, uh, whereas God looks at the heart. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so, and, and David, with, with all the stuff that happens during uh, David's life, uh, he dies with God saying that this was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Which yeah. shows us that uh, God knows that we're imperfect. Absolutely. My man is swooning God. My man, God is like, you know what? I, I, I like you. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry you had to go out like this, but you know. Mm -hmm. Just the way the cookie crumbled, man. So uh, so David, David is anointed. By the prophet. Uh, and then he is taken into Saul's service. And uh, I don't know, well, what kind of things, what kind of things uh, hit in your mind? So you're anointed by God. Now you're in the, now you're in the palace with the king. Yes. Who obviously <clears throat> is not in his right mind. Right. <sighs> And all you have to do is strum. <laughs> I would say that he should be nervous, but I mean, I mean, after seeing what he did to Goliath, I mean, he's probably got nerves to steal. Now that's a good point. You know, he's probably sitting there like, "All right, you know what? I'll make you feel better." You know. <laughs> hmm. I, I I feel like if I was David. I mean, you sent me here to play a harp for this man in order for me to be king? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I was David, I just wouldn't say a word. I would just keep my mouth shut and I'd be like, all right, let's play. And eventually he'll feel better. And then, I, and then hopefully I don't got to deal with him anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like it will also be awkward for Saul I mean, so he knew that there would be one to take his place. Mm -hmm. but know that that one would be in his household, right up under his nose. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's like, okay, you were you were right by me. You were learning from me in a sense, if you really want to say it. Yeah, right. Like he was, he was, he was like, all right, now I know what not to do. And I was, I was. How can I say it? I don't want to say that he learned from Saul because obviously he didn't, but um, so or I learned look, or I'll, learned what not to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, that's what I think I he learned what not my, to do. Yeah, I let you in my personal space, and now you're going to backstab me. You're going to become the king, and I let you in my and I was supposed <laughs> to be <the> king. <laughs> <laughs> it's his fault, man. Saul's messing up. Yeah. It's not. It's not Dave's fault that. Uh, Saul got fired from being the king. David doesn't make any of these decisions. He's just he's just there. He's you know. Well, I mean, does that matter? Uh, it matters to, to a Saul. lot of people in in situations like that. It matters to Saul. <laughs> well, it does matter to Saul, but I'm just saying that. Um, I mean, I mean, how many how many times can we we turn on uh, a television in a in a talk show? And see a litany of people that are confronted with things that they've done wrong, and they absolutely do not take any responsibility whatsoever for it. True. You know, watch watch the watch the daytime court shows, yeah. and, and 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 see a litany of unaccountability. Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're somebody who's in the position that you are the king. People are waiting on you. People do what you say, and now all of a sudden you're you're told that you're not right, and then you you're being entertained by someone who's your replacement. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can understand both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. 
And, and so and I, I was going to say, I don't want to jump the gun or anything, but I would assume that eventually Saul kind of gets bitter towards David, right? I mean, sooner or later, oh. he's got to. Oh, he, he tried to kill him. Yeah, oh, quite, quite, quite quickly, <laughs> EJ. And, and that's generally where I wanted to head. Uh, so, you know, as we leave chapter 16 and go into chapter 17, which we talked about during the last show, um, for some reason, David is back. He's back at the farm like nothing happened. Yeah, he's back home for some reason. Um, and then uh, shows up and volunteers to fight Goliath. And that, 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 you know, one of the pivotal parts of that chapter is when Saul gives him his armor for David to wear. He don't want it. <laughs> and, that, you know, I think the last time that we looked at it, that we say that David could not operate as mm. Saul, you know, that David yeah, had to operate yeah. as David. But now that we're talking about Saul, and coming from at it from that direction. Now, here's somebody who's been in, in Saul's service, apparently did not make a, a you know, I, I can only imagine um, really had did not have much of a bond with him because it's almost like, the, you know, uh, Saul doesn't know him. Pretty and, much. He's just, just some boy from the from the fields somewhere on the, on the, in the in the hills. Yeah, tell me who his father is. And um, wants David, doesn't know David well enough to know that not only can't he say mentally and spiritually act in the same way as Saul, but physically could not bear that armor. That Saul I mean, so was so oblivious or maybe mm -hmm. self-absorbed or, you know, whatever you want to say. That he's giving this young person armor that he can't even wear. Maybe he was trying to set him up for failure. Maybe he was like, hey, if he runs into a battle with this this heavy armor, maybe he'll lose and I could be the king again. Maybe. Maybe he was just setting him up. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, I didn't either. Wow. I'm just saying, because he clearly doesn't like David. I mean... He's not too fond of David, and, and and it's not like he's like David's like twenty or something. Like he's probably like fifteen or something, right? Like he's like a little kid, pretty much. He's like a just he just became a teenager, I would assume. Well, I would. I, I my assumptions are always been he was in his teens. Yeah, he yeah he was young. He's at least like fifteen. I can't imagine a fifteen year old putting on like, I, I guess like some grown man's armor. You know what I mean? It's probably like twice his size. Three times the weight. Yeah, and, and I I just looked up the word health, and it, uh, you know, it said uh, he looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, uh, glowing with health and handsome. Well, you know, I uh, uh, EJ, I will validate um, your perception that uh, even though it's pivotal to David's story, that not a lot happened in chapter 16 because i really think we're done with chapter 16 and we're into yeah. 17 and if we go on to 18 which we as we didn't plan on doing but i i think that we have enough time to oh. start into 18 I'll, I'll just read oh. uh, uh somewhat into it as we go into 18 it says after david had finished talking with saul jonathan which who was saul's son became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off a robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel's to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, 
with joyful songs and trembles and lyres. As they dance, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, like, they're like, down. like, come on, bro. They lied. Like, they're not giving David credit. I was about to be so mad. And it says that Saul was very angry. <laughs> yeah. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? So now it's making now it's sinking in. Yeah. So what he's so what he's saying is now like he's realizing that David's already won the people over. So the only the last thing he needs to get is the kingdom now. Here yeah. you got the people. Right. Okay. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you sent the little boy in to do a man's job, and he he got it done. So I think he should get all the credit. And who sent a little boy to do a man's job? Saul. That's right. what I'm saying. Like he 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 literally did it to himself. He literally all this that's happening is his own making. Well, I know, but who sent? Oh well, the Lord, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord, right? The Lord, the Lord always sent David to do everything. I mean, and 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 I know we've made this point during uh, this episode a couple times, but I just want to drive it home again that God picks who God wants to pick, and that how that relates to us as people in this in this say sick and dying world, as Pastor Simmons will say. Um, is that when we're feeling down on ourselves? uh, how does God see us? You know, if someone is feeling like they're always last, well, there's a God in heaven that knows you very, very well. I don't know if he does too much thinking about if you feel like you're last. I think that's what his son's for, right? His son's like, I'll make you first. I'll make the people first last and people in the middle. You're good where you're at. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) but you understand the point Mm -hmm. that uh you know there's a there's a hymn um which i forget the name of but i remember this line from the hymn that satan trembles when he sees the weakest sinner on their knees wow Mm. bars (laughs) and that in our weakness we are our strongest through the power in the name of jesus christ so who did david write that one too no no that's a, a hymn <laughs> oh. that was i don't know where it was written in 1800s maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i want i you know what after we're done with this i'm gonna go look up to see uh see if uh david wrote any uh any classics any bangers <laughs> top the top charts you know what i mean uh-huh. yeah <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure his psalms uh, were were on the top forty when he was alive. I bet. <laughs> platinum. I well, mean, I I, okay. another uh, important um, point, I guess, that we can make is that whether or not a leader or one whom God sends dies or um, is taken out of that position. Uh, God's work never ends. Mm. Always going to find someone else to carry out his plan. Amen. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, I mean, transition is is fully a, a part of life. Yes. Um, as, you know, uh, Moses led the Israelites through the desert for 40 years. He you know, he had to stop and allow Joshua to lead everybody in to the promised land. Yeah. Because of the, the, the transition, uh, the, the situation called for transition. So, so pretty much he knew his time was up then he knew that someone else was going to take, he was, he was like handing the torch over, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And he died. Moses died. Oh God. <laughs> 
But before he died, the god let him peek over into the... Okay. Yeah. But actually, he didn't die. He no. Didn't. He did. No, he, he was brought straight up to heaven. Isn't that dying? <laughs> not, not... Well, I mean, you can call it what you want to call it. Uh, You're not what here. Is it, uh, he and Enoch... Yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, Elijah. They were bodily brought up into heaven. So, so what, you're, what you're saying is they didn't have to die to get brought up to heaven. It just happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, what, how, whatever you would like to call that. They were in old age. Oh, what, Moses wasn't, he was old. He was, what, 900? Yeah, he was up there. 900? So, yeah. He was that old. What happened? Did, 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 did God, did, was God like, uh, I can't have people living that long anymore. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Is that what happened? He's like, oh, let's, let's just cut that by like, let's cut. Yeah, like, where, where did he? Where was it that he said that people could only live to be hundred and twenty? Oh, I don't know. and then um, because how? Let's see, how old was Moses? He's like, people can't live to nine hundred anymore. This is getting ridiculous. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, let me let me look that up. There's not oh. have to be an internet. I think a hundred is pretty good. I think I think if you can make it to a hundred, you and you you can still walk around and stuff, you're doing good. I mistook him for somebody else. So Moses was 120. Okay. Oh, he was That's 120. He was 120. Okay. Even then, people ain't living 120 anymore. Yeah, I thought it was around Noah. Um, well, let me see. Where Where is this? This is Genesis 6 and 3. And uh, the description says, Before the flood, according to the Bible, many people lived longer than 120 years in Genesis 6 and 3 God declares an end to these long lifespans and God said my spirit will not strive with a man forever for he is indeed flesh yet his days shall be 120 years hmm. so like after that you just like aren't you tired of I guess so, right? Same thing over and over again. The Lord ain't tired yet. <laughs> he isn't tired. He's, apparently, he's been around since the beginning. I mean, you think of that if anybody, he would be the the most tired. You know, well, a couple of days of the week, he's like, I'm just gonna check out. I'm just gonna, <laughs> gonna take a break. Forget, forget Sunday. I'm making, I'm making the whole weekend of, of my days of rest. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think if, uh, God did this out of uh, frustration. Mm. Um, you would figure he would want his prophets to live longer, at least, so they could spread the good word. Right, right. Yeah, it says the beginning The beginning of uh, chapter 6 in Genesis says, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose then uh, the lord said my spirit will not contend with humans forever they are mortal their days will be 120 years and then it goes on to describe the wickedness of the world and then god floods uh the earth and noah saves humanity I think people would be more willing to listen to uh to I guess I guess the Lord's spokesperson for for lack of a better term if they if he let them live longer you know what I mean like if, it is a guy that was two hundred years old talking about God I might actually really like believe him like you're two hundred like something must you must be right about something you know you've seen a lot <laughs> yeah like you've seen yeah. a lot you're still here like if you're talking about God like you must you must know something I don't. I mean that that's that's a that's a good point. I'm wondering if in today's day and age, as we um, you know look at the say the media landscape and uh, see people who offer alternative narratives to what the government says about war and 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 the like, and to see how people are being deplatformed that appear to have valid uh counter arguments would these 200 uh would these uh, 200 or so year old prophets even be allowed on television 
Mm-hmm. Probably not. It probably it's probably how we feel about all all those old people in the government. Like you guys are old enough. Like you just retire already. Let the well, you're you're talking about a prophet of great wisdom. Oh well, that's true. That's true. You like, know, you know, now you're talking about people who don't even know where they are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But we'll have to leave it there. Yeah, we're getting too crazy this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's only supposed to be about one chapter. We're hitting like three. That's right. Well, we we had to do what we had to do today. (laughs) They're they're all intertwined with each other, though. Yeah. And that uh, we're going to continue our walk with uh, David. So, uh, you know, EJ and Robert, uh, you know, I will invite you back to... Uh, continue talking about David, Sweet. and uh, uh, so hopefully you both can come back. And um, so we end the the the, sa- the episode the same way every time. Now the not, the No Name Yet podcast, we end it with a prayer. The Iron Sharpens Iron. We end it with a prayer by one of our guests. Not it. So- I did it last time. <laughs> <laughs> I did it last time and it was terrible. So I need to. No, it was. Hey, it was your first time. I put you on the spot, but uh, (laughs) we'll we'll ask Brother Robert to close us in prayer. Absolutely, let us appreciate it. Let us bow our heads, dear Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for life, for health, and for strength. And God, we say thank you for um, God. This podcast, we say thank you for Reverend Moran. We thank you for. EJ. And God, we thank you for um, the conversation that we had centered around God today's scripture and talking about, God, how you anointed David to be king. Um, Lord, we pray that you would help us to take away some important details from this text, that God, you indeed call who you want to call. And God, that um, even while others may hate on um the type of compassion and the type of heart and the type of leadership that um, others may have, that God, you are still with them and God, you will perfect them and God, you will keep them. And so Lord, we pray that you would bless this podcast, bless each person that was on here. And God, we pray that you would bless each viewer and listener. Um, God, we pray that you would uh, continue to strengthen us and keep us. It's in your son Jesus name that we do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for both being on. Absolutely. No problem, man. And good night. It was fun.